As I've said before on the program, I love Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. There are many aspects I enjoy about the story, but one particular thing is that I love how Scrooge is a character you love to hate. I mean, it's so easy. But I do have a question for you about Ole Ebenezer. I'll ask you coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. We're here to encourage and inspire you in your faith journey today with a bit of top-notch spiritual direction. Thanks for joining us. I'm Patrick Conley. Okay, back to Scrooge. So, so many things to hate about him. I mean, he's ornery, cantankerous, hardened, joyless, self-absorbed, and of course, he's greedy. And here's my question about your take on Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. Do you think he's aware of his self-focused, tight-fisted greed? When I first asked myself that question, I thought, well, how could he not be? I mean, it seems to express itself anew in each and every paragraph in the story. But then I thought differently about it. No doubt he is aware of other people's opinions about his greedy penny-pinching, but he seems to have it all rationalized out in his mind. It made sense to him. Like, for instance, when he says in response to a request for a holiday charitable donation to aid the poor, I don't make merry myself at Christmas and I can't afford to make idle people merry. Well, the more I think about it, I think Scrooge had either convinced himself or maybe more likely grown so accustomed to particular habits around money and material possessions that he didn't see himself as greedy. If anything, he thought he was the only sensibly-minded person he knew, other than his late business partner, Jacob Marley. All right, so if you happen not to be familiar with A Christmas Carol, I apologize. Although you should be, in my humble opinion. And just a reminder, actually, you can still sign up to receive our audio Advent calendar of daily excerpts of A Christmas Carol, as performed by our very own Mary Beggars. It starts today. If you still need to do so, go to adventwithscrooge.com. The whole point of my question, though, is this. If Scrooge can be so blinded to his own greed, well, could I be blinded to greed? Are there ways that I've grown so accustomed to particular ways of handling money that I've actually blinded myself to ways greed is working its way deeper and deeper into my soul? Definitely cause for a bit of reflection and self-examination. Our topic for the show today is greed. Joining us as our spiritual director is Father Marcel Tyone. Father Tyone serves as pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church within the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. Father Tyone, good to be speaking with you again. Welcome back. Great, and almost almost happy Advent, everybody. Almost, yes. We're, we're nearly there. Yeah, very good. Well, Father Tyone, it is a pleasure to be speaking with you as well. Let's start out just with the definition, shall we? When we're talking about greed, what are we talking about? What is greed? Yeah, well, really, agreed, we know is, first of all, it's one of the seven deadly sins. People know what those are. There are seven deadly sins that really break us off from relation with God and others in a very serious way. So greed is listed in the Church's tradition and teaching as one of the seven deadly sins. A deadly sin means uh, it really brings death to one's relation with God and others. And I think greed, we know, is really uh, someone has an inordinate passion uh, for riches and power. You talked about, you know, uh, Scrooge at the top of the hour here to introduce us, and 
you said, and I think it's rightful. You know, you said that he he doesn't really realize that he's greedy. Yeah. And I think part of it is he seems to be exercising this kind of negative power over people. As sort of he's sort of in charge of the money, and the, he's got a lot of things where he's sort of over other people, and so it kind of gets wrapped into money in the end. But we can tell, I think, in that in that play that whatever version of it we've seen that it's really, uh, I think he's sort of, he, he's not receiving the grace of the joy of loving, serving, and helping others. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. It's almost like a twisted existence yeah. where he seems to be getting pleasure out of other people hurting and being sort of lower than him and things like that. So I, I think it's perfect with an advent coming up in Christmas. Scrooge is a great, he's a great uh, reflection point for this very particular big vice that that the church and the scriptures and Jesus and need to kind of be on guard with all of us and we don't have to be wealthy to be greedy yes. a person you know can have just a, a lemonade stand <laughs> and you can <laughs> sell and make $30 at a lemonade stand and you want to really not share that with anyone not help anyone and just have a completely self-absorbed egoism around the $30 you make. Now, again, kids are kids, but I think there's, I think that's important at the top of the hour here we, we realize, because I think we might say, oh, I'm not rich, so I'm not greedy, and that would be a big mistake, like a pitfall um, that we want to be on guard with. Is, the reason is one of the seven deadly sins affects all of us. All of us has these temptations toward greed, and again, it could be greed regarding uh, relationships, certainly money. It's not just money, but um, greed has a lot of different forms. Money is the most obvious one, um, and it's the one that um, you know. But we're talking, you know, could be objects, our home, uh, cars. You know, I, I know people that get into these sort of um, addictive behaviors where they start shopping and collecting, and they're, they're yeah. just they're lost inside this sort of uh, this sort of like perpetual activity of purchasing and purchasing, and and then of course you know falls into other things but uh, but so greed is that it's an inordinate massing of goods that is not for the glory of God or to help others just for only oneself and we can even we can end up doing harm to our neighbor or at least not just acts of omission but sins of commission where you know we purpose I think we all, we've all been I you know when you're around children it's it's natural we see sort of the effects original sin. Someone gets a present at a birthday party, especially <laughs> if they're little children. They yeah. grab the gift. It's mine. It's mine. And yeah. I always think that's the Scrooge attitude. And of course, yeah, they're ex- they're little, so they're not sort of they're not Scrooging. But you just think. I think we've all done that ourselves as children. We've seen it done. And then you know, there's there's the other extreme where someone receives something and thinks of someone else that might enjoy sharing in that, you know, and I think, uh, so that's the extreme is a sort of possessing, uh, protecting kind of an egoism. And, and again, it, we don't have to be rich to commit this. And we, we all have a temptation towards it. And Advent's a great time. It's a penitential season to kind of clean the house, literally, uh, the house of our thoughts, our possessions, our money, um, again, little or much, um, no matter how little we have, Everything's a gift from God, so we have it, you know. And I, one little story, I think, probably the most anti Scrooge person I ever met in my whole life, I think, was okay. a disabled uh, adult orphan in Mustard Seed in Jamaica. And this girl was blind, she's like 23, and she's totally uh, blind. So one of our um, missionaries brought down like beautiful, like skin lotions for women to put on. And uh, I, I'm sorry, she wasn't blind. And she received this, and she's all severe disabled needs, uh, disabled rather uh, mentally. 
but lovely, like 23, maybe like a like a child. And she received this beautiful cream. And immediately she went over to her best friend, quote unquote, who was this blind uh, young woman that she lives with in this small sort of group home. And immediately she went over to the one that was blind and explained she got this gift. She opened the cream. She had her smell it. And then she applied it to the hands of this other girl. The first thing she did with that, like the opposite of mine, 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 she actually thought of her of her friend that couldn't see and she really had her smell it and use it before herself and i was i, I had not remembered that story for a long time but getting ready for this program so i was thinking what's the antithesis of greed and and that's what it looks like at the other extreme of this incredible charity yeah. where she received joy of having someone else joyfully sharing some material thing that she have received so and that's the other thing maybe we can ask ourselves today and do i do i have any sense of that when i receive something can i to ever think, how can I use this to glorify God and help other people uh, besides just myself? So that's that's a great question, I think, towards this topic. It's a great question. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is a timely topic, indeed. We're talking about greed today here on the show with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone. When was a time that you perhaps struggled with greed, or what way has greed made its way into your life or the life of a loved one, a family member, a friend, and you've seen the, the detrimental effects it's had? Or how do you confront greed when it pops up as a temptation in your own life? Or if you've seen others who, like Father Tyone was just saying, uh, has have demonstrated an, an antithesis of greed in their lives with their generosity and their charity. Give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149 is our toll-free studio line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Well, Father, uh, great opening salvo from you there. I think that was wonderful. Um, many things to come back on. And one of the things that struck me as you were speaking there, Father, was that you drew a line, a connection point between greed and control. That there is, I mean, you, you're using Scrooge, of course, but you're also talking about how in our own lives that there might be uh, a relationship between being greedy and then using that or using the whatever we're greedy for as a means to control maybe our own lives primarily, but also those lives of people around us too, yeah? I know a question and I, I you know, we I think that's a that's a great question. That that helps us uncover the this greed's like an onion. You gotta peel back the layers yeah. to see see what where it comes from and also where it leads to. And, you know, again, I think especially when you know, maybe you know, obviously moms and dads have a, a legitimate and God-given authority over their children, an employer over employees, and sometimes in a family, right? Sometimes an extended family just had Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas, some, I don't know, sort of maybe, you know, there's always kind of colorful dynamics within every family and tree, but are we exercising kind of a charity there? You know, someone's hosting Thanksgiving, are we are we really about all the others having having great experience, or is there something under there, some kind of cousin to greed going on where or things in our house, we kind of pick everything and sort of that attitude, that e- egoistic attitude where we're the center of the world and not God's will in all things. So so that's one of the things I, I think that we can work on and kind of work on for Advent. That's why I think this is the perfect topic, one of the most perfect for the season of waiting, anticipation, being humble, prayerful, confessing, kind of having this humble disposition before God. And the first thing we can do, I think, is to really recognize everything we have from God is from God. Everything we have is from God, including this very moment. We're still in this world, and we might be suffering things or have maladies or disappointments and hurts going on, but we still, everything, the gift of our life is from God. So 
how do we we fight greed, so to speak? How do we unscrooge ourselves? Is yeah. to really well, recognize like everything's from Christ, so we can descrooge for Advent and become more like the Holy Family and like the shepherds, uh, you know, in Bethlehem and and like the angels and the shepherd boys. And I think we can sort of who's our model for Advent, you know? We want, and again, I think I think Scrooge is a great. It's a great way to look at it. We want to unscrooge. So yeah. again, the, the sacraments help us do that. Kind of being reflective, um, thinking about things, and having sort of an honesty with oneself. You know, where is it that God wants me to sort of let go of control, um, not to give up or to give in, but to give it to God, more of a holy surrender. And maybe sometimes I think being unable to do that in life, in certain circumstances, workplaces, at home, in relationships, um, whatever it might be, even ministry sometimes. We have to sort of have a holy surrender, and that will, again, kind of put the dam up against greed and Scrooge-like attitudes coming in. So we, we need to give ourselves over to Christ fully first. Then we can discern where in my earthly life uh, my, my things, my possessions, my authority, my whatever, my egoism can be revealed to me. So I can bring it to Christ and be freed because it's a joyful life. You look at, again, the total change, right? The whole, the whole story of Scrooge is a story of redemption, of not just an attitude, but in the end, what gave Scrooge joy at the beginning, or pleasure is probably a better word, and what gives him joy at the end. And that transformation is a Christian story in a very real sense. If the more we accept Christ and know him, the very things that Christ loves, we if we know Christ, we fall in love with him, the things that he loves will become things that we, we love and give us joy versus things in the world or myself. So it's sort of a journey, a process, and I think we just need to kind of be in it and, uh, and again, enter into that Advent spirit so that we can, we can, if you will, be attracted to the things that Christ is attracted to. And, of course, he's, he's attracted to every human need. He's attracted to every poverty of all kinds, and he made himself poor so we can become rich, right? And I think of the, you think probably the, uh, you know, I always wonder, the, the guy was a real guy, right? When Jesus approached that young man, he followed the commandments, went to the synagogue. He was a good man, good citizen, good Jew. And then he says, to just what more must I do? He said, give away all your possessions. So right. I think we have no doubt that man struggled with greed, and Jesus saw it and kind of gave him the big ask, you know, can you walk away from everything? He said, no, he went away sad. Um, so I think that gospel story reminds me of this topic kind of clearly. I, I'm a, I'm kind of an optimist, so I, I believe that guy came back to Christ and had a massive conversion. Or why else? I mean, a lot of people would have said no to Jesus. I think he made it into the scripture because they would have remembered his no, probably because he had an amazing yes later on. I can't imagine why they would... In other words, people, the early stories in the church that had sustenance were those that mattered to everyone, to the largest number of people. And his no, I always think maybe he had sort of a, a Scrooge conversion. He came back to Jesus and maybe became a martyr or, you know, an amazing disciple and and wow. maybe finally, you know, had to take a little time to let go of his possessions. And that's what it is. Jesus, point is Jesus invited him to let go of, to really become free from greed. That day he said no. But but he could have said no that night, the next day, the next year, and uh, maybe he was there at Good Friday. Maybe he was distanced away and crying and praying, and we don't know. But I, I think uh, that gospel story is also helpful to help us say kind of thermometer ourselves. Yeah. You know, maybe we'd ask, say, what does Jesus ask? It's night before Advent. You know, it's like almost New Year's Eve with Jesus' story. Um, you know, what is Jesus whispering to you, to me, to each one of us? Hey, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to Rella Radio. I go to Mass. I believe in Jesus. I'm doing pretty good. You know, I 
overall, I love God. I love Christ. I'm trying my best. And then we might hear Jesus whisper something, you know, there's one more thing I'd like you to do for me. And what, what's that one thing the Lord would like us to, to give away or to seize control or to, uh, to kind of get, to get, give us the gift of joy before Christmas. And it could be the, the question of greed. Again, greed's not for wealthy people. It's for everyone. And, and where are we possessed by someone or something besides Christ? And I think it happens subtly. And then it also just becomes part of life where you said before, I don't, I don't think Scrooge knew he was greedy at the beginning yeah. of the play in the movie. Right. He didn't know. And that's it. That's the point. That was a great, I'm glad you said that because I think that's the point of this discussion. Yeah. We can't tell where we're greedy unless we, it's revealed to us by the Lord. And sometimes it takes uh, takes a show like this to make us think, or maybe, you know, we might just, uh, I don't know, just in these times of war in the Middle East and other things going on, it can make us humble and think, Lord, what, you know, what do I need to give more of before, to celebrate your birthday this year? What do you want for your birthday? It's your birthday, not mine. What do you want? And maybe the Lord wants us to, you know, get out to the nursing homes more at this Advent to uh, maybe, you know, not buy so many presents for ourselves and those we love, but invite our children, grandchildren to uh, to give more away. I always find some of the families in my parish inspire me. Some of them, you know, once they hit a certain age, like even 12 or 13, they get one gift and all the rest, they buy much more for the poor. They get one thing themselves and they go out and they drive their kids up to the capital city in Providence. They bring these toys to these kind of like shelters and places and it's sort of, sure. it's sort of their celebration of Christmas changes change because what they're making sure they're not greedy is trying a, a check on that. And I think, you know, parenting, parenting is a good place to practice that yeah. and to try to find ways to uh, get our hands dirty a little bit and also realizing how blessed we are. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, we are all about, I'm, I'm, you've coined the term father, so I'm going to, I'm going to continue using it. We are all about unscrooging this, uh, this Advent season, this upcoming Advent season that we are right on the cusp of, um, turning ourselves away from greed and all of the ways that it works. It may be working in our lives, even in subtle ways that we might not recognize it. So we're talking about greed here on the program today. Our spiritual director is Father Marcel Tyone. If you have a way in which you have been unscrooging already, maybe you have some Advent traditions that helps you to be generous and charitable towards others and turn away from greed to work against the workings of greed in your own life. Give us a call. We'd love to hear what those are. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question, too, about how you might seek to combat greed in your own life. 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with more of the show right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Do not heed the advice of one Gordon Gecko from the movie Wall Street, which is what we just heard coming back in. Thanks, Nick, for that. Nick, our producer. And uh, but uh, 
it, it does express a little bit about what our modern day society is all about in terms of uh, looking at greed. Sometimes we look to rationalize the things that we see uh, at work in our own lives and most especially probably when we're not comfortable with them. Welcome back to The Inner Life. We're talking about greed today on the program with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, pastor of St. Thomas Ma- Excuse me, let me try that again. St. Thomas More Catholic Church within the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, just a quick reminder, too, we started out the show talking about Scrooge, and we are unscrooging now in, in, a, in the inner life and throughout the uh, whole season of Advent. But uh, in case you're unfamiliar with it or you'd like to hear a little different take on Scrooge, you can join in for a wonderful Advent uh, audio Advent calendar with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol from our very own Mary Beggars. Just go to adventwithscrooge.com. You'll get a little excerpt every day between now and December 25th to uh, get ready for the celebration of Christmas. Well, Father, um, many ways that we can be greedy. And uh, before we get more into kind of the antidote, what do we do about greed in our lives? Um, I, I think sometimes we just need to be convinced that maybe there are ways in our lives that we're just not aware of that we're being greedy. And one of the ways that just strikes me right out of the blue when we're talking about that is being greedy with my time. Um Saying that, you know, this is this is uh, me time, which a little bit of me time, you know, or me and the Lord time at least is is okay. I understand that and the need for that. But at the same yeah, time, well, yeah, go ahead, please. You know, sometimes we hear that the throwaway phrase, right? Time is money. Time is money. Time is yeah, money. There you and, go. Uh, that can that can be taken two different ways. You know, time is money because it's in other words, some people would say that someone's not working well and we're losing money because you're not working up to your potential. That's one way to take that throwaway phrase. Um, but another time is to, in a positive way, I think what we're talking about. You just suggested time is money, so time is precious. Time is valuable. And uh, it's one of the most valuable things we have to give God and others is time. So great question. What do we spend most of our time doing? Are we out just trying to make more money and become more powerful and become more popular? And, or are we trying to think of creative ways God might be calling us, Christ might be calling us to to be out there in charity for others? Um, sometimes, you know, like in the technological age in which we live, you know, are we even we're on the cell phone, we're scrolling. Are we scrolling Christ or are we scrolling self, you know? I wish we could come up with a U phone instead of an iPhone. It would be great, right? Like have a phone where you can't be about yourself on your phone. You have to be about other people. <laughs> I'd like to invent for Christmas a U phone so you'd, have to, you'd not be able to – you couldn't look up anything about yourself. You just have to be other people and maybe have a Christ phone. <laughs> I love iPhone, it. A U phone and a Christ phone. and then There you go. But that's a great, it's a great saying, right? Yeah, even the iPhone, the i generation we – you know, we want to sort of, you know, people get all caught up how many likes, how many friends, which are not really friends. You know, the technological acquaintances are not real relationships. We all know that, I hope. Um, but then what do we, where do we spend our time? So maybe, you know, technology and social media could be a, a bit of a fasting or at least maybe moving into, obviously, anybody listening to, if you're listening on the app, you know, if you're on the relevant radio app, Halo app, other apps that are, that are Christ focused and we kind of stay off of some of the, some of the more secular things, you know, and uh, I don't know, I, I just think that I, I think another, so where do we spend our time? And I think how much time a day I know on my iPhone, I think most people have this, 
which I always love and hate, it sends you a report at the yeah, end of the week how many yep, minutes you've been online. Yeah. And I find I love when it's going down. Cause I'm yes, like, Praise exactly. the Lord. <laughs> and when it's going up, I'm like, I was on more of that. Well, whatever. And sometimes you were doing good things. We're, we're reading yeah. things that are holy and things. So it's not all bad. But that screen time for it always condemns myself. I'm always like, what was I doing? You know, it makes me think like how long, you know, again, we do that for work and ministry. There's no question. But that's a great question. How, how much do we spend? You know, we get a screen time report. And then how about if we get a report from the Holy Spirit? This is how much time you spent mm-hmm. talking to Jesus and reading the scriptures this week. Here's your, here's your soul screen report. You know, what Oof. did you do? And yeah. uh, how, many, how many minutes have you spent praying versus scrolling? And I think there's something to be said for that. And that can, un, again, peel the onion back on, on time, on greed, on egocentricism, which we all have to fight original sin. We have the grace of baptism poured upon us. So we, we can do it by God's grace. We can get out of these habits and vices that we have. So that's an important part. I, you know, I think maybe, a, maybe another kind of quick self-evaluation tool, I think. You know, sure. there's Powerball out there, these big lotteries now we have in the country. Yeah. So, you know, would you want to win the lottery, right? So a lot of people buy those tickets, like million. And then my question would simply be, why would you play the lottery? What would you, what do you think that winning, you know, millions of dollars is going to do for your life? What's it going to do? And well, I think it's a, it's a simple question. Do you play the lottery? Why? And do we want to give all that away to charity? Do we want to buy a big fancy car and become lazy and scroll on our phone all day and never go see anyone? What 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 is the motivation? If we buy a lottery ticket, what's the real motivation? It's a great onion peeler. And uh, I think it's something a lot of people do nonchalantly, and it's not a crime to do it or a sin unless it's taking money from food and essentials of people we're supposed to love and serve. So, you know, gambling's not innately evil or anything, but the question becomes when these big Powerball numbers come, I always think, I see lines of people down the street, and I'm always like, what do they think that's going to do? We hear these stories, people win the lottery, they get all this money, and in two years they're bankrupt, they've, you know, they've offended their whole families, they don't, they don't, they've lost all their loved ones, and they're miserable and lonely and kind of wish, not everybody, but a lot of them wish they hadn't won it, because it's almost they fell into greed, not charity and love and generosity by receiving it. So it goes back to the Scrooge, right? I mean, we, are we Scrooge buying a lottery ticket or friend of Jesus buying a lottery ticket? And it's a great, it's two different ways to walk into a convenience store and Powerball. So I think that's another great thermometer about this. We're in my greedy. I don't even know it. Um, it's a great, you know, even if you just, if you don't buy lottery tickets, imagine you wanted to, what would you do with it if you want? It's a great, great question for this topic. And, and I think it's something we can all kind of take a deep breath on and uh, inhale for the watchfulness of Advent. I mean, God wants to free us from, Jesus wants to, you know, obviously Jesus wasn't greedy. The Heavenly Father gave his only son in sacrifice. There was no greed in that. Um, you know, the only greed he had was the holy kind where it's a, a holy jealousy to give us love, which is the holy jealousy, not not the other kind. So again, it's a great topic, very, very, but how do we spend our time and, yeah. uh, and uh, again, screen time, prayer time, quiet time, like using our minds just to rest and look at nature, go for a walk, um, you know, see good things. You know, it's funny, there's a, there's a local restaurant here where I live and they don't have, they have a huge TV in the, in the restaurant, in the bar area. And all they have is like these very soothing images on it, sort of like nature and water. There's okay. never a sports on or anything. And I find it so helpful to go in there because <laughs> 
it's sort of like this very beautiful thing on the TV that mm-hmm. almost encourages good imagination. Like a, it's a, it's a tranquil, it's a huge view, but it's a, this this kind of lively natural scene, and uh, it's owned by these Asian people. And I always, I just wonder. Like I always think it's it's uh, there's something soothing about that. It invites my my mind to not be distracted. Um, by other things, be with who I'm with, or just just let the mind wander into good things, creation that God has made, and uh, and even that's a little it's a little thing, but it's a, I think it's indicative of things we kind of all need to do a little better. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things that I uh, that struck me too as I was as we were as you were talking about that, Father, is that as we're in the midst of, and we're so, as you already alluded to, we're so uh, in this realm, in this age of distraction and that sort of thing. And I think that may be one way of being of being greedy with our time as well, is um, not being present to the moment, not being present to the mm. people who are around us, but rather just allowing ourselves. And some of this, you know, some some of it may be inevitable, but a, a good portion of it, I think, is is up to us. You know, we could turn our phones off or we could put them on silent or, or do not disturb or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. But uh, oftentimes we opt not to when, even when we're in a, a fairly important conversation or a fairly important, um, maybe we're going to mass for example, or something yeah, like that. And I think, yeah, we probably shouldn't be looking at text messages or emails uh, during mass or even, even in a nice dinner conversation with a friend right. who's, you know, it's, we're not just a, I think really speaking to someone, having a piece of time with someone, someone's kind of looking at their wrist or kind of, <laughs> it's find it, thanks be to God, I, I, I'm so weak, I don't have an Apple Watch. I know my weaknesses and I want to be present to the people I'm with. So I, I never got that just because I think my screen time will go up and also my disrespect for the person I'm presently being with, you know, more right. often than not. So I think we need to kind of clean up those things and help us to have a little more, again, Advent's the season of reflection, receptivity, reflection on the first coming of Christ, seeing Christ in the present moment, and then that third coming, the final coming of Christ. But thinking back to the first and actually more importantly, being with Christ in the present moment. And that's sort of, uh, that's descrooging right there. We kind of, am I aware of Christ, his presence to me and, and where he's placed me in each moment throughout my day? I live under the providence of God um, and not under the stress or the presence of social media or others. So, you know, what, what does Christ want? Again, uh, what, what's the uh, sort of, what's the offensive against greed? It's charity. So giving time. Um, kind of when one doesn't feel like doing it, doing an act of virtue, maybe I'm yeah. too tired to get to go see my great aunt at the nursing home. Um, but I'm going to plow through and get over there because at it's Advent Jesus. I want to, I want to have a good Advent and I want to experience, remember your first coming, I'm going to have you come to me in this moment. I'm going to, I'm going to go see Aunt Clara today and go up there for a few minutes and, uh, and maybe see some other roommates on the way and, CNAs and staff giving up holidays and other their own family things to sacrifice to take care of her that we don't see them as often as we could and say thank you. I think those are Advent things. Those are de-scrooging, de-coupling from the greed attitude. Hey, I can do what I want. I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm going to golf. I'm going to do all these things. And, you know, I'll, you know, I'm just think about her, but I'm not going to go. And I think those kind of things just really being intentional when we don't feel like doing something where we're supposed to be giving, 
that's the ungreeding of our hearts and our minds. So this is a lifelong project. Nobody's there yet. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. Anybody listening is not there yet. We're kind of on a journey of, of figuring this out with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think Advent, it, to me, Advent's such a, it's the great uh, antibiotic of a busy, secular, materialistic money-hungry, greedy culture. We live in a greedy culture. We've got to be honest. I mean, we, it's exalted. Greed is exalted. It's just that movie clip he ran. And, uh, you know, some people, a lot of young people see these movies where everyone's got, you know, the cars and the money, and they just they think, gosh, if I had all that, I, I wouldn't be as unhappy as I am now. Well, that's absolutely not true. If you're not happy now, you're going to be less happy then. So don't wish that for yourself. Maybe you might look deeply inside and say, why am I unhappy? What's what am I missing from the Lord that he wants to give me that's not giving me the gift of joy, that friendship with him? And we need to work on that and not be distracted and external. So we've got to be careful. This is shopping season, so you know, yeah. we've got to shop for the poor. Shop humbly with your God, you know. <laughs> Say pray humbly God, shop humbly with your God. <laughs> shop humbly like with your that. God, you know, and, yeah. and that's what we do and I don't know, I think we got to uh you know, and uh, be careful. Gotta be careful with these things. And, uh, you know, I don't know, it's uh, crazy. Father, I, I learned Father a lesson Tyone. from my, yeah. No, it's just I, I, a new take on Micah. I like that. Shop humbly with your, with your <laughs> yeah. God. That's very well, good. <laughs> that's putting Micah to the rubber hits the road, right? I and love it. Yeah. Too. No, it's very good. That's very good. Our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, today as we're talking about greed and its many influences in our own lives that we may not, you may not even be aware of in your own life. Um, and it's we're trying to peel back the onion. We've used that analogy a few times. And to unscrooge, or as uh, Rebecca a very astute listener in Minneapolis, listening on 1330 AM. Thanks for listening, Rebecca. Just emailed in and said, just for younger listeners who might not be familiar with Ebenezer Scrooge, you're probably familiar with The Grinch. Um, so Grinch is pretty popular. It has a similar turnaround uh, later on in the story. Well, we're unscrooging or we're ungrinching during this Advent season, and uh, we are grateful that uh, you're joining us for that. And, and Father, you've said it a number of times, so, such an appropriate season for this. And uh, such a, a time when oftentimes people are, you know, they're busy with their work making their own Christmas lists. And this is not just kids. I know adults who make their Christmas lists as well right around this time of the year. And so, um, yeah, what are we what are we doing? What are we asking for? And a question that you had asked earlier, Father, I think an appropriate one is, all right, well, just a minute before I get that once if I if I did get whatever item it is on the list, what am I going to do with it? What exactly am I going to do with it? There's there's a. There's an element of stewardship in that, is there not? Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. And stewardship is time, talent, and treasure, right? We have time. Yeah. We have talent, meaning the gifts God's given us, whatever they are. Maybe it's to pray. Maybe we're a prayer person. We don't do a lot of things physically, but that's our prayer, whatever it is. And and, and treasure, what do we do with our money? You know, what do we do? Mm-hmm. If people have a portfolio, how much charity is in there? If we have, If we have an extra $100 a week, how much of that do we share with others or do good with it? Again, we do not. I, I think sometimes I, I, I have found the, some of the poorest people and some of the wealthiest people I know are the holiest people and are free from greed. So there's people that have almost nothing um, that give more to the soup kitchens than people that have middle-class lives. And then there are some extraordinarily wealthy people I know who are extraordinarily generous and never tell anyone um, and they have not fallen into the temptation of greed. They're radically generous. So I just see it in all economic classes, and in all economic classes I also see 
agreed and people just egoistically distracted from helping others or even strongly asking God, you know. And again, I think Advent's great. We're going to walk into church this Sunday, and a lot of people will be putting up trees in our house, colored lights, and, you know, may, hopefully mangers on the Lord, these crazy blow-up balloons people have today. <laughs> and then we walk into church, and it's not Christmas lights. It's purple. It's violet. It's subdued. And uh, there's an, possibly an Advent wreath that is not a countdown like the New Year's ball on New Year's Square, Times Square. It's actually, it's it's what the there's more and more light getting to the birthday of Jesus Christ. So the the more candles are an anticipation towards the light coming to us, not a countdown. Hurry up, bake, cook, shop, to you drop. Let's go, let's go. No, it's it, the church is the deck the decorations to speak to us, an invitation to to go slower. To, to reflect, to be on watch. We're going to hear this week in the gospel. Be watchful. Um, don't be frenetic. Be watchful for the for the present coming, the future coming, and remember the past. So that's what we do. So I think Advent's the perfect. Uh, again, yeah. And Grinch. I'm glad that, that person wrote that in. But yeah, Grinch is the new Scrooge yeah. for the kids, and he too has a metamorphic change yes. of what makes him happy, and uh, he goes from he gets freed from him very self, and that's that's a Christian ethos too so i think we need to do that and uh and just let's let's be open and honest brothers sisters let's ask the holy spirit show me where i'm greedy show me where i don't give enough time to you god and to others show me where i don't live in the present moment and trust you uh, today show me where i think more things more possessions more money more popularity more power is going to make me happy and fulfilled it won't and we have to be very careful if we're living those vices, they become so part of us, like Scrooge, like Grinch, we don't realize, because we're getting so much pleasure of the negativity that we're not freed at all to receive from Christ and his mission, what he actually wants us to do. And it's also very enslaving. We're actually enslaved to to those things, and we should be careful. We don't want to condemn people stuck in greed and avarice, um, because they require a particular love from Christians that can break them. So we, the other thing we want to do is help other people to join us in our journey against greed and avarice towards charity, prayer, and generosity. And that's where we can invite people to those things, invite people to church with us, and, and kind of just really, um, you know, don't, let's not think, oh, I'm not that greedy, so I'm doing great. Well, you know, if you want to watch a, you know, a great Hollywood movie where greed is, you know, just personified as amazing, and then we say, I'm not, see, I'm not that bad, so I'm all set. Well, no, that's that's really not, yeah, not right. a great Advent attitude. So let's, yeah. uh, let's be open, I think. We'll open up open up every part of our lives to ourselves and to God. I love that. I love that. Yeah, let's do just that, opening up every part of our lives to God and letting him, yeah, point out to us where we need to turn even more of ourselves over to him. We're talking about greed today on the program with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone. And if you have a story of how greed has maybe made a, a difference for the worse in your own relationships and lives. Maybe it's somebody, that, maybe it's you yourself, maybe it's somebody that you know and love and you've seen it and have some questions about that. Give us a call at 888-914-9149. We'll see if our spiritual director, Father Tyone, can help you out. But if you have stories too of ways, ways that you or a loved one has combat agreed or been extraordinarily generous or charitable with the resources that have been given them, we'd love to hear about that too. 888-914-9149, our email address, inner life at relevantradio.com. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us.
Today, we'd like to thank Deborah, who is listening in California, for donating her 1986 Volkswagen Jetta. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the If this is your theme song, you might be a little, uh, well, in need of some uh, today's show as we're talking about ways to battle greed, right? But uh, as we've been talking about the whole show long, really, is that there's ways in which greed can get into our lives that we might not even be aware of and sort of trying to unmask the way that greed works and suggest good ways, of course, of combating greed with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone. My name is Patrick Conley, and a quick thanks to Nick Sendovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls today. Uh, and just a quick reminder, too, remember those Advent carols of comfort and joy from Relevant Radio. They feature the incredible talents of three young choirs take take the musical journey to Christmas. You can find out more about it at relevantradio.com slash carols, and that's where you can sign up to receive them again, too. That's relevantradio.com slash carols. Let's, uh, Father, let's take a phone call. Sharon is calling in from Austin, Texas. Sharon, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, uh one of the ways that we build this attitude of against, uh, against greed in uh, the RCIA program that I ran in San Antonio was that we build a manger for Jesus. And each time somebody brings in a personal care item for the homeless, like toothbrushes or, or uh, socks or deodorant or toothpaste and toothbrushes, they can put straw in so we make a nice soft manger for Jesus. Hmm. And it'll work in the home too, you know. Yeah, that's a great idea. Actually, I've, I've heard of that long ago. I think a Catholic school up this way might have done that. But that's right. So every time you bring, you put the you put the straw down, and of course by Christmas, Jesus is on a very comfortable amount of hay. Like so, it's a, kind of that connection. What you last week's gospel, Matthew twenty-five, whatever you did to others, you did to me and for me. So that's a great way to kind of advent giving. And I think, you know, I know a lot of parish have giving trees and organizations do that today, Toys for Tots. But all those, I think that's a very creative thing because that's a very Christian uh, activity. Of course, the symbol of Christ's first coming, which is what we're trying to deepen our expectation to remember, anticipate second coming. So I, I think that's a wonderful uh, idea. And, and you're right, people could do that in the family. And every time we go shopping, we put together those movie things and you you put some straw in. I, I think I have a, a vague recollection of someone doing that well in a classroom in a Catholic school years ago, which I'd forgotten about, but thanks for the call. That's a great creative idea. Yeah. And those creative ideas are, are really helpful, I think, especially during the Advent season. So Sharon, thank you for that. Great suggestion. And a great way of pulling, uh, well, in your case, an RCIA class, uh, maybe it's a a family, as you said, Father Tyone, um, you can pull it together with great Advent traditions as well, being generous um, rather than and fighting greed in that. Let's go now to Francisco is calling in from Alabama. Francisco, thanks for your patience. Welcome to The Inner Life. Yeah, my question is about, I'm sorry, I'm not, my question is about, not about greed, but it's about uh, winning a lottery. That is like a you know a hundred million dollars. Can I can I share it to the church? Well, you can share with anybody, right? So of course you receive you can win twenty dollars on a ticket, hundred million dollars. But yeah, I mean of course nonprofits and institutions 
receive gifts of all kinds all the time. So of course you could. You could give it to Catholic charities. You could give it to a Catholic school. You could give it to homeless shelters. The church runs so many things, but you could do that. I think the best thing to do if you do win is to pray and ask Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? Um, you know, how much of this should I give away to others? And where would you like me to give it to? Because that's the other thing is, is different charities more closely linked to Jesus Christ directly and others more humanitarian. So it is a great question. Again, I, I think a great question for Advent is, you know, most of us will not win a lottery, but we can ask ourselves, what would I do if I win it? Where would my motivation be to go? And I do know some people they take kind of chances on these cash lotteries. People will, you know, sometimes uh, nonprofits and church institutions like out, you know, immigration centers, homeless shelters, they'll have a raffle. It's a cash raffle. And many, many times people win the prize and they give it back to the institution they bought the ticket from and they don't take their winnings. They just give it back. I've seen that time and again uh, in life. So they might win $500, $100, $5,000, and they say, just keep it. They just give it back to the Catholic school, back to whatever. And they, they kind of, it was interesting. They, that's very, very common up here in my, my part of the woods. Uh, and I think that's always, to me, it's always very kind. It's, uh, there's obviously a, an indication is there's not much greed there, but there's also this dedication to what made them buy the raffle ticket to begin with. They're, they're already passionately supporting a, ma- a charity or a ministry, and they often give it back. They don't even keep it. So I, I always I always find that very encouraging, actually. It happens more than I think our listeners really realize. Mm, yeah. Good question, Francisco. Thank you for the call. Thank you for your patience there as well. Talking about greed today and what what are what are the, the ways that we are meant to combat greed in our lives, even if we don't necessarily see ourselves as greedy. I'm guessing for all of us, there are ways in which we're inclined in that direction anyway, and that's what we've been talking about through the show. So, Father, as we uh, enter into the last few minutes of the program here, I think um, let's just talk about, again, some more of the practical antidotes to greed. Um, We've mentioned, I believe, you know, obviously attitudinally, it's one of recognizing everything that everything we have is a gift and then turning around and being good stewards of those gifts um, and being generous as well. Yeah. Yeah, and remember the other day, Daily Mass, right? The, what did Jesus say? He saw the, the widow, the poor widow gave her a mite, right? She gave what little she had into the... To, into her worship for God, and she kind of gave from her need, not from her want. And I always find that disturbingly beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. What does that mean for each one of us? You know, the Lord doesn't maybe want us to become homeless and give away our homes. However, um, He might want an attitude where our home we live in is completely given to us to glorify Him and to be a place of rest and prayer so we can go out and be more generous, more giving, more particularly mindful of homeless people, and um, we can kind of go on like that. So I, I think uh, just given the, you know, to myself too, the Advent challenge, um, you know, right up front at Advent here, let's, uh, you know, again, de-scrooge, de-grinch, let's, let's pro-Christ, yeah. let's become more like Christ these next few weeks. We really enter in to celebrate his first coming with a great joy. And remember, Christ came in humility, in poverty, in vulnerability, and the poorest people, the shepherds were the poor outcasts, the smelly outcasts of the society. You know, Jesus didn't choose to be born in Rome and Roman authorities. He wasn't uh, born in the Pontius Pilate Palace and Caiaphas' Palace. He, 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 wouldn't, he didn't pick Hollywood in this day and age. He wouldn't have picked back then the Hollywoods of the Wall Streets of the day. He went to a little town, the House of Bread town, and the first ones to uh, come uh, were not even the wise men. They came a lot later. It was the poor shepherds that no one would have given two cents and two minutes to uh, as people that were wise, but they had the best wisdom of all. They had the joy of Christmas. 
because they recognize mm-hmm. Christ's presence and his poverty and his humility and Mary's gift. So well, let's let's try to look like the shepherds by the time Christmas comes and uh, <laughs> and, and not, uh, not the people in the palace. Let's go shepherd. This is going to be a shepherd advent. Let's, let's try uh-huh. to do like that. Ah, I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Well, Father, that's that's very good. And um, in this practicalities of, you know, of doing these things and, and all the things that we might incorporate, creative ways of being generous during this Advent season and all, Father. But it is, I, I mean, maybe it's worthy of a reminder of saying that uh, this isn't just kicking greed out, but it's it's making us more into the, you know, remade in the image and likeness of Christ himself. And it's, it's doing us a, a load of spiritual good, too. Hmm, no question. I mean, it's going to give yeah. us joy. And I think uh, it's something, it's something in the brain of confession sometimes, you know, I think pride, this is kind of greed is kind of rooted in pride. It's the mother of all vices is pride. The mother of all virtues is humility. And right. Again, Christmas is the celebration of God's humility um, and overtaking the pride of Adam and Eve. So uh, it's, it's a combat. It's a war between pride and humility. And at Christmas, humility wins and pride loses. And pride, you know, one of one of her daughters is greed. So, you know, it, greed is definitely uh, one of the oldest daughters of pride. So it helps us if we can just really enter in humility. Once we're humble and we have Christ, we know the Lord's friendship and love. We're never alone, number one. Number two, we receive the gift of joy, not happiness. They're they're you know, canyons apart. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad. But the gift of joy is to know God's friendship and love, His promise to us, His accompanying us, and His wanting to free us from greed, free us from egoism, from self-concern, so that we can find, again, the, the freedom of Scrooge, the freedom of the Grinch, who were made-up people, but the true freedom of the disciples of Jesus, who actually were real people who really had uh, conversions. And uh, And again, sometimes... The hardest thing is not seeing this in ourselves, especially when we have a world full of people that are addicted to greed, addicted to material things, addicted to power. It's easy for us to compare and let ourselves off the hook and not do any work. We're like, we're not that bad. You know, we're not, we're not like those people. So I'm fine. And we kind of, you know, especially we're practicing, we go to, might give ourselves a pretty good feel good. Nobody's looking. We're okay. Um, but we, yeah, there's more to it. There's always more to receive in Christ. So we still have some work to do. So let's, let's not get discouraged. And I think uh, be radically vulnerable this Advent to uh, to a change. Yeah, radically vulnerable to a change. And that is, I mean, that's that's the story of A Christmas Carol, right? I mean, yes, it took quite a bit of prompting to get Scrooge to that point. But uh, yeah, yeah at, at the end of the day, Scrooge unscrooged. <laughs> you know, now, I don't want a ghost coming to my house, but I got the Holy Spirit, the real. I got the Holy Ghost. I don't need the other ghost. I have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so we got. Uh, and oh, it's he, so good. He, he'll appear anytime. So amen, again, amen. We're to gonna that. we're gonna let it happen. Just let it. Yeah. happen. Yeah, well, very good. Father Tyone, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program today as our spiritual director, and it's come time now for a blessing from you, if you would, please. Father, bless our Advent. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. Give us the grace to desire uh, humility, to hunger for it, to beg for it, and uh, to see any place in our life we're not, not to be discouraged, be changed, to be loved, to be forgiven, and to be set free. May God bless all listening today in the deepest place of our hearts and minds the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Well, if you know somebody who might uh, get a kick out of being unscrooged or maybe need some good tips on how to be unscrooged, head on over to relevantradio.com slash interlove where you can listen again and share this episode with others as well. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Matthew Seminar. On Monday, Advent with Father Brian Fallon. Hope you can join us for that. Have a great weekend in the meantime. Grace and peace.